your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 528 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and we have a great game to preview tonight. It's a homecoming for Josh Norris and an NHL debut for a friend of the show. And first game of a home and home series up against the Detroit Red Wings. And Ross, it's a busy weekend for the Belleville Senators too. They're up against the Hartford Wolfpack tonight. And three games in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So get your Sens hockey in. Lots to preview, lots to get into, including a heated debate at Sens Central on Twitter. Who was the better Ottawa Senator, Kyle Turris or J.G. Pajot? This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, April 1st. And Pilsy, this is a strange one where you've waited so long to play a divisional rival But what makes it even more interesting for this home-and-home coming up Friday in Detroit and Sunday in Ottawa is the fact that these two teams are on the same rebuilding path. Yeah, finally, we're getting a chance to see the Sens go up against the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, Mad Sogard gets his first NHL start like we talked about. This is the perfect scenario to have Mad Sogard start his NHL career. And the boys seem fired up about it. DJ Smith, you heard his uh, goalie report. He's big, so you love uh, you love big goalies, and uh, it's a great moment for him as he's he's worked hard and he's gotten to this point as a young goalie, and he's someone that we're gonna have our eye on. The great Dane, just a great kid too. When he came yes. on our show, he's just so outgoing, well spoken for a guy who I mean, he did spend two years in the WHL, so it's not yep. like he was completely new to North America. But let's hope he can start his NHL career half as well as he started his AHL career, eh, Pills? Yeah, I mean, 7-0 and to start your AHL career, that's pretty decent. And there's no reason why he can't get a W tonight in my eyes. And check out this photo from Matt Tidcombe at Senators on Twitter. This just shows you how big of a character yeah. you're looking at. Like, yeah, say what you will about it being Eric Branstrom and Dylan Gambrell. <laughs> say, yeah. Maybe not the biggest dudes on the team, but he might be the most unscreenable goalie in the NHL. And I want to keep getting on this path, but Pilsy, we talked about the rebuild and how Detroit, Ottawa, pretty similar, maybe Detroit about a year behind, I'd say. Well, guess what? They just drafted a six foot seven goalie in the first round this year. Ottawa gets their big goalie in the 2019 draft with their second, second round pick after Shane Pinto was the first pick in the second round. Then they go out, they traded up to get Matt Sogard. So they wanted him bad. What are you hoping to see from him? What will give you confidence early on in this game? Well, Matt Sogard, for a goalie of his size, he's so smooth and he has such good athleticism. So I want to see him use his size, but don't kind of, don't try to make massive diving saves or anything. Just use that body and positioning. Because when you're a goalie that big, 
you don't need to make a diving save or a crazy glove save or anything. You just got to put yourself in the right spot, know your angles. And what we've seen with Mad Sogard in the AHL is sometimes he can get a little out of position and overplay the puck. So I want to see him just be comfortable in your crease. You don't got to get out and play the puck much. We've seen that can bite you with Forsberg in last game. So just play a calm game. Don't let the bright lights get to you. And I think there's no reason why he can't have a good game tonight. And I'm fired up for it. He's 21 years old. Will be until next December. That's got to be top five youngest goalies to start with the Senators. We know Robin Leonard holds that record, got his first start at 19. I want to say Philip Gustafson was 19 or 20 as well. But this is a little bit of a trend, I guess, starting if Gus got his. But, man, I don't think it's going to take that long for for the fans, especially if Gus can't string a few wins together here or at least a good couple good performances in the NHL level before you start looking at could Mad Sogard be the guy in the pipeline here coming up? For me, I thought you nailed it with not overplaying his angles, overplaying his slides. That's gotten him in a bit of trouble at yeah. the AHL level. He's also known, you know, there's a squeaker here and again. And you even saw that with guys like Ben Bishop, the, the bigger goalies, Pecorine. Like, I don't know if it's maybe just how it looks because they're so big. Like, I remember whenever Ben Bishop would let in a goal over his shoulder, I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> your, your, your shoulder almost hits the crossbar in your butterfly. So yeah. I, I think that it's it's fair to temper expectations tonight, or we should temper expectations, but it's fair to get excited when you see a goalie of his size, athleticism, draft pedigree, and a guy who's really been good at the AHL level. If you take his two seasons together down in the AHL, he's 23 wins, 13 losses, one overtime loss with a 908 save percentage. And there were a couple games in there. The one in Manitoba on the Saturday where he got no support, lets in six on 28. That doesn't help the save percentage, nor did the game in Laval that we went to at the start of the year. So basically, I need to stay the hell out of the building tonight if he's going to have a good game. At least, uh, yeah, and it's a road game. The road games is when we've been cursing him by uh, yeah. going to those, you, you for both of them. So we're not going to the Little Caesars Arena. So it's going to be a great showing for Matt Sogard. Is this the first visit for Ottawa at Little Caesars Arena? It's been so long since Ottawa played there. It might have opened the year that they last went. I think it opened uh, a year before the COVID situation happened. I'm curious, like, when's the last time? I I actually like kind of doing this. We did it with Nashville as well. But if you you had to guess, maybe before we get to that, while I'm figuring this out, um, it's almost five years to the day since Colin White made his NHL debut in Detroit. Do you remember that? That was the game they flew Eric Carlson in. They parachuted him in for that game. Remember, he was suffering from his heel injury. This was no, before. I don't remember that. This was before the playoffs, and Ottawa needed points to clinch a playoff spot. And he flew in. I'm going to find that game as well because that was the start of what was just the most miraculous run you've ever seen in the playoffs. So it was it was a home and home against Detroit Pilsy. Classic. Classic. It was a home and home, and they flew out Eric Carlson to play in that game. He plays 30 minutes and 11 seconds and gets a goal <laughs> and an assist. And he hadn't played in like two weeks before that. Ottawa wins, um, or sorry, Ottawa lost that game in a shootout, but still earned a point. And you might remember Colin White had the the shootout opportunity in his first NHL game. And that's because it was a seven-round shootout that we got to see. And Pilsy, goalie-friendly show. Out of 14 shootout attempts, only the game winner went in. That's it. Evgeny Svechnikov got the only shootout goal. Stick taps to those goalies. That is amazing. Craig Anderson and Peter Mrazek were the two goalies 
in that game. Of course, that wasn't the last time Ottawa played against Detroit, but it was noteworthy as it was Colin White's NHL debut. Can you believe it's been five years since Colin White played his first NHL game? I mean, he's missed so much time to injury that 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 feels crazy. Like he definitely does not have five years worth of games in him. So hopefully he can, uh, you know, relive some of that magic, get back into the zone. This is where my first NHL game happened. And uh, we see a big boost from Colin White tonight. Can you believe that it's been 177 days since the Ottawa Senators unveiled their new logo and the Detroit Red Wings have not played against them yet? Like to me, that's <laughs> that is ab- weird, yeah. that's absolutely wild. So one of Ottawa's final games before the COVID pause was a four-three shootout win, where there was only one successful attempt. So are we manifesting another shootout here tonight? Last time I saw Mad Sogard finish a game was a shootout win on the Friday in Manitoba, but in that game it was Artem Anisimov scoring the only <laughs> shootout goal. Um, goal scores for the Ottawa Senators in that game, Pilsy. This is absolutely this, this is a sign of the times and how this is why I say the Senators rebuild is ahead of Detroit. Would you like to just take a stab no, at the No, no, don't make me guess. No. I'll, I'll tell you it. this. One of them had a point against Nashville. We laughed that he was on the score sheet in that game. Andreas England? No, Scott Sabrin had a oh, goal Sabrin, in this one. Nice. <laughs> Assisted by Matthew Pekka and then two goal game. Two goal game. For Artem Anisimov, plus the Woo. shootout winner. Have a night, Artem Anisimov. The Artie party. Yeah, no doubt. Pilsy, let's get in to Tim Stutzla versus Lucas Raymond. How are you thinking about their season so far? I mean, Lucas Raymond, obviously, he's popping off in his rookie season. He started very, very hot, and uh, Sens fans were like, oh, man. The guy picked in between Stutzla and Sanderson is lighting it up now, but... You know, Timmy started earlier than Lucas Raymond did. I I have no regrets of uh, choosing Timmy over Raymond in that slot. So it's going to be interesting to see how Lucas Raymond does. And when we get to the Detroit Red Wings lines, like similar to the Ottawa Senators, their top line is absolutely stacked with young talent. And then the rest kind of trickles off there. But we're going to get to see Lucas Raymond front and center for two games. And I'm fired up about that. Alfie would like to apologize because he's getting a little noisy this morning, but he's okay now. Um, that to say that we're, we're all on milestone watch for Tim Stutzla to get to 50 points. Yep. Lucas Raymond's at 50 points, and it's his first year in the NHL. I'm with you, and I think a lot of Sens fans were like, Stutzla and Raymond, please, or Byfield and Raymond, please. Of course, there's that pesky fourth pick in between the two, and yep. Jake Sanderson looks like he'll be a stud as well, but he, he's a hell of a player, and I don't think it's going to be one where you look back and you choose one or the other. I think that both players have tremendous upside and maybe give a bit of an early edge as well to Lucas Raymond for having that extra year overseas to really gain his skills or hone his skills. Whereas Timmy kind of got thrown into the fire and you could see that early on. Um, And even early on this year, no goals in his first 15 games. So Timmy center too, which as a young guy, that's, a much, much bigger task than playing on the wing. So I think that's something to note as well. Are you saying that playing with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Batuzzi might be a little more beneficial than Chris Tierney? Or, or sorry, Evgeny Dadnov and Derek Stepan, which, which is who Timmy started with? Yeah, I would probably uh, be comfortable saying that, yes. <laughs> All right, we'll get a little more into that 
conversation which will evolve throughout the years oh before we do it how about we get into another conversation brady kachuk versus philip zadina who i know lots of fans want to or should we save that until we pull up the wings lineup because i think sens fans will be shocked at where zadina sits on the detroit depth chart so yeah we'll save that a little later a little tease and we also have to get into the page overs tourist debate that i did not think through so there's over 2,000 votes right now, and you can go have your say on Twitter at Send Central. After 500 votes, Pilsy, 250 for tourists, 250 for Jean Gabriel Pajot. I've never, I've never seen a poll dead even at 50 50 that deep in. Truly remarkable stuff. Before we get to all that and more, Pilsy's got a word from a new sponsor on the show. New sponsor and. Look, this is this is something that we all deal with every day, and I talked about it last time, is it's like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're like, oh, man, what am I doing for dinner? And that's the worst, being like, oh, I got to pull something out of the freezer. I got to go pick out up some takeout. No, don't do that. Enjoy a delicious meal that you can make at home, and it's with HelloFresh. You can count on them to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one Meal Kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. And that's what I love about this too, Ross, is maybe one week uh, you and your partner are on different work schedules, so you need some more HelloFresh meal options to make it easier and more affordable to cook for yourselves. And maybe other weeks you're heading out of town so you don't need them. Well, you don't have to worry. It's not like you're locked in. You have to have so many meals every week. You can change that your delivery day, your food preference, your plan size, or you can even skip a week if you go out on vacation. So that's an incredible part of HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And you get the enjoyment of putting the best ingredient in there. You make it with a little extra love. A little love in your dinner will go a far, far way. And Instead of grocery shopping, you can use HelloFresh and you're saving even more money. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family friendly, gourmet options, and so much variety. So how do you get in on HelloFresh? Go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKEDON16 and use code LOCKEDON16 for up to 16 free meals and get three free gifts. We're hooking you guys up. So check it out today at HelloFresh.com. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, Pilsy. So tonight the Ottawa Senators will be in Detroit taking on the team that's allowed the most goals in the entire National Hockey League this season. Hammer the over. And there might be a skewed number on the line at BetOnline.net because the Senators have the second fewest goals, goals for in the entire National Hockey League this year. But there's no chance that that is where they rank when Batherson and Norris are both in the lineup. And for Josh Norris, it's a homecoming. So anytime goal scorer, are you kidding me? Hammer Josh Norris tonight. Like, Ross, I have a depressing stat. The Sens are actually last no. in goals for. They they are now last in them. goals for. The Montreal Canadiens have one more goal than them. They scored now. four the other night. That's why. Oh, my yeah, God. So- they still lost 7-4, though. Wah, wah. Yeah, so it's it's not great. This team needs to score more. And yeah, when you have Josh Norris, Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batson all injured for long amounts of time and all t- together, this is going to happen. So it sucks. But hey, 
other than Thomas Spott, they're back now and they're up against a team that uh, we talked about in the last episode is very easily scored on giving up multiple three uh, double-digit goal nights. So the opportunity is here. Yeah, it certainly is for the Ottawa Senators. We'll preview that game at the end. I want to get into the debate that's raging at Send Central on Twitter. And I, I don't know why... I do remember why I threw this out there. So Ian Mendez, we put up yesterday how he had those like line combos. And somebody said, why, why are you having Pajot there and not Turris? Because I wrote back and I said Hoffman, Turris um, as my third line, whereas he went with Zach Smith and Pajot. We both had Mark Stone at right wing there. And hey, shout out as well. Arvidsson, Bonk, Hosa would have been a great call as well. Another solid line in sense history. But it got me to thinking like, of course, everyone loves Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Four goals. That's absolutely sick. With Turris, it was more consistent efforts that allowed him to be the player he was. So while I go pull up what the stats exactly became in this, tell me why you voted where you did. Well, Ross, I voted for Jean-Gabriel Pajot because I'll admit it's a little bit of recency bias. Uh, he, he was on the team uh, with the Sands a much much more recently than Kyle Turris. But for me, it's all about emotions. And you can go to Hockey Reference. You can see that uh, Pajot and Turris, they both played right around 400 games with the Sens. And their stats should be comparative. Turris, massive edge in points, which is fine. But the emotions that Jean-Gabriel Pajot has given this team just beat out the points already. Like, Ross, is there a... Tourist, 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 tourist. No, there's not. It's Pajot, 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 Pajot. And like just the emotions that he was able to bring to this team just put a smile on my face. Um, He was an amazing penalty killer. He did a lot of things that you know, some of the more skilled guys on the Sens weren't willing to do. And he was able to do that every night. And it just seemed like he's a he's a guy that grew up uh, close to the Sens, so kind of a hometown kid. And he was someone that the fans loved. Like, he was just such a fan favorite. And I'm a big Kyle Turris guy myself, but for me, it was easy voting for Pajot because he just holds a special place in my heart as a Sens player. Absolutely. I'm not taking anything away from that, but we have to just deal with the numbers here, Pilsy. Yeah. First and foremost, you're looking at Kyle Turris, who's top 15 in Sens history in points. 13th. There's only 12 players who have more points than him in Sens history. And if you, you have to scroll quite a ways down to Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who played, how many less games did he play? He played more. He played almost, He played 21 more games and no. had 90 90 less points, give or take a couple, not a math guy. But when you also factor in, so I think that your your argument has a bit more merit. If Kyle Turris didn't have three overtime game winners in the playoffs. Pajot had two game winners though, so. Three beats two. Yeah, I know, but it's not it's not as monumental as you might think. No, but I'm saying that that's what Pajot has if in the argument, but then he still won up on that. And Turris did it in a, a much, um, how do I say this? I don't want to say a much more dramatic fashion because Pajot is a 20-year-old against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but what happened for... They were bigger moments for Turris, I, I think. For Pajot or for Turris? 
for the game winners for Turris. Because yes, well, they don't they don't get to the Ranger series where exactly. where Pajot gets the four goal game. Did he have two in that Boston series? I think he had two. Hmm. Because he had game one winners? against no over to overtime winners. Because well, those, those are game winners. Only right. one uh, game winner in the 2016-2017 run. Okay. So is it two overtime? No, he, he had, had eight eight goals in that run, though. Yeah, he did, man. He was so good. That top line was unbelievable. Now, some people were saying that his line mates propped him up a little bit, but I, I think that he was right there with them to every, game in, game out. I thought that he was fantastic. And, man, what he what he also brought, he, he brought us big booty popping, right? I think it was 2015. The puck went off, off his back end in the net, and uh, he put that hashtag out. And you look at what he did, and this isn't to take anything away from Pajot, another great Ottawa senator, but Kyle Turris, what he did, uh, with the Condors in Ottawa, yeah, all the charity absolutely. work as well. And th- he was the number one center on this team. Pajot was only the number one center when they got rid of everybody. And it was like, okay, we, we need somebody to play on the top line. Whereas- but he, he stepped up though. Like I'm looking at his stats for that year, 24 goals, uh, 16 assists, 40 points in 60 games with the Sens that year. Like that Sorry, was pretty you, you damn impressive. 40 points? Yeah. Kyle Turris has three three seasons with over fifty five points with the Ottawa Senators. So On much t- better teams though, much better teams. Fair, but even those teams like Turris was traded there after twenty eleven when they were brutal. Yeah, he helps yeah. the pesky Sens in twenty twelve make it to the playoffs. He still makes the playoffs in twenty thirteen. So for a team that in the two thousand and tens from twenty from twenty eleven really because they made the playoffs even though they sucked in twenty ten. I think that was six games against Pittsburgh. Anyways, twenty eleven to 2017 when he was traded i mean you're, you're still looking at a team that was like in and out kind of but 2012 13 15 and 17 so four out of his six years with ottawa they make the playoffs and in two of them they win around or more yeah. i think that tourist is, is a little underrated i think in terms of history oh, looking fair. back do you think a bit of that is the fact that his career just kind of fell off a cliff right after leaving ottawa i think that's a big part of it and like it's so crazy to think that Kyle Turris was a number one center for this team. At, and a good number points. one center. A three-time 24-plus yeah. goal scorer, Pilsy. And what I love about Kyle Turris is, and you guys have heard me say this multiple times, he's the kind of guy that can just go down the wing and rip a wrist shot top corner on a goalie at any given moment. And I yep. love that about him. 100%, man. He he was an awesome senator to watch. It's and you know what? Maybe a bit of it too is number seven just got snatched right away. And now yeah, everyone, yeah. they just see number seven and it's Brady Kachuk and rightfully so. But I feel like tourists might be getting lost in, in the history books of the Ottawa Senators. And we can't let that happen because Pajot, the only question remains, Dean, is where are they going to build a statue? Right? <laughs> Two like, chicken farm. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's those moments with, with Pajot that'll yeah. live on forever, the local aspect. But I'm pretty sure Turris is retiring in Ottawa as well. They love the community out there. You'd see them walking around Westboro all the time. But when it comes to, uh, to the on ice performance, we can't allow Kyle Turris to just get absolutely overlooked. Like, yeah, These fair. are the, the centermen in Sens history with more points than Kyle Turris. Jason Spezza, Alexi Ashen, <laughs> Radic Bonk, Mike Fisher. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's got to be it. That's it. I yeah. mean, the names below aren't aren't as, as noteworthy um, per se, but I, I would like to see, I mean, points per game is probably a little bit better of an indicator because the guys who I mentioned there all played 200 more games and all the guys under are all played about a hundred less games, except for 
Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who actually played more games than Kyle Terras. But, hey, it's a fun argument, and both of those guys deserve to come back. Hey, would you put either of them in the ring of honor? They're, like, right on the cusp of that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could guarantee I that, so. but they're right on the cusp. I, I don't I don't think I, I do no. either. Are you still in the mind that that's where number 41 should belong, or should yes. it? Yeah. yeah, not in the rafters? No, not in the rafters. Yeah. I think Ring of Honor is perfect for Craig Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think, and go to at Central on Twitter. There's definitely arguments to be made on both sides, but I yeah. think at the end of the I day. I could easily switch e- either way. I went with emotions. You went with stats. Yeah, stats guy. Nerd. Um, but hey, Kyle Turris has pulled away here. And the question is, who was the better Ottawa Senator? And that's a very simple question. 2,228 votes. And I made <laughs> wow. it so that I made it so that it's a two-day poll. So go have your say right now and go read through the uh the comments as well, because a lot of people are saying, How could you vote for this guy? It's obviously this guy, and then the comment below is how could you vote for that guy? It's obviously this guy. So one day left at the time of recording, it was 50-50 so deep into it, but now over 2,228 votes. And Kyle Terrace is pulling away a little bit, 55.8%. Very je ne sais quoi about J.G. Pajot getting 44%, the number, the four-goal game. What was awesome about that four-goal game, just before we move on from this, is they were down two goals with three minutes remaining, and Pajot gets both of the goals to tie it up late, both on deflections. And then you're like, okay, neither goal was like him skating with the puck or yeah. making a move or anything. You're just like, okay, right place at the right time, great. But to keep on a two-on-one in, in overtime, double overtime, right? I think it was double. I can't remember that far. I don't have a sense encyclopedia brain like you do. <laughs> if you had to guess, what do you think it was? I'll say double overtime. Yeah, double. Show four goal game it was early uh, in the second one was it not double overtime winner six five win yep yeah unbelievable game no question two chicken parm i might have chicken parm to celebrate tonight but kyle turris yeah. is the correct answer no question about that all right good conversation there we got a lot to get into though with belleville playing three games in three yeah. days this weekend uh we got some advanced analytics coming out about what their playoff percentage is, Ooh. what the likelihood of them making the playoffs. We'll tell you that after. And also, the Ottawa Senators start a home and home, the first home and home this season. And I love that style. It's just it adds a little something to the game. And yeah. especially it's going to be an emotional afternoon on Sunday. Of course, we're not going to be making any more locked on senators podcasts until Sunday, but we will have the postcast after tonight's game so make sure you're subscribed to our youtube channel that's where we will join the postcast tonight after the ottawa senators take on the detroit red wing 7 30 start at little caesars arena with mad sogard in goal for the ottawa senators who starts for the detroit red wings we'll answer that question a whole lot more pilsy you've got a word here though from one of our favorite sponsors yep and this is a perfect time to head to betonline.net because I want this to be a run and gun game. Like, obviously, I want Sogard to uh, to do better at keeping the puck out of his net. But if it ends up being a 6-5 uh, game in overtime or shootout, I'm down with that because we need a fun game here. And to make the game a little more fun, you can get in on the action at betonline.net. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for sports scores, sports podcasts, and any news you might need to 
keep up to date with your favorite teams. It's not just hockey. There's You can bet on Final Four college basketball. March Madness is happening. Boxing, UFC, golf, NBA, uh, baseball is coming back soon. So get your bets in, guys. Head to the website today, or if you got boots on the ground and you want to live bet the action, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. And Pilsy, what better way to enjoy a sporting event you've wagered on than with a power bar that tastes like a candy bar? That's why Built Bar is the perfect treat for you. Built Bars are awesome for the health-conscious guy or girl because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in what is a delicious treat. And when I say treat, I mean it. Like the most recent, I want to say miracle, but it's just Built Bar. You have to expect the unexpected, is Built Bar Puffs. Literally a protein-infused marshmallow that's fluffy, marshmallowy. It's a treat, and it's 100% covered in real chocolates, and they come in amazing flavors as well. How, do, how about a yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie? They're all delicious. you got to try them all and pick your own favorites. That's why we recommend the mixed boxes of Built Bar when you go to their website, Built.com. Compare it to a candy bar, and you'll see the difference in health benefits, but at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste good first and then worry about how to make it healthy. So go see them for yourself right now. Built.com. And we have a promo code because they've been a longtime sponsor of Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked15 for 15% off your next order at Built.com. Promo code Locked15 for 15% off your next order. All right, Billsy. So that was a little heated debate we had on the tourist versus Pajot. I'm curious to see what more and more citizens will say. And we got to switch up the marketing here a little bit because we're going to continue having our Send Central citizens on the show. We absolutely love interacting with you guys each and every week on Locked On Centers. If you've missed any as well, go check out the playlist on our YouTube page. We've got lots of playlists. One of them, all of our Send Central citizens are right there for you. But if you listen to the show, you are a Send Central citizen. Yes. So why not rep it? And that's Ooh. why coming soon, we've got the merch collab with at Sensual Healing. The top one's going to be on the front. Big letters. Obviously, shout out to the ugliest jerseys in Sens <laughs> history. It's kind of a fun little uh, bit of irony there. And then we're taking out Citizen from that bottom one. But that'll be just up above. Think of where you get the Adidas logo on the Sens jerseys there. So, hey, you are a Citizen if you rep with us. And the road to 50K, we smashed it. If you add YouTube, we might get to 100k next month and that is a testament to the passion of ottawa senators fans and pilsy all that i think of when i look at the numbers is what's going to happen if and when we reach unparalleled success oh man that'll be because we're still in unparalleled sucking right now so (laughs) if we get to unparalleled success sky's the limit we're going to the moon so hey we can't thank you guys enough for uh, for paying attention i can't believe there's daily listeners that have been following along you guys are absolute sickos but we respect you for that and uh yeah keep on keep on supporting us and we'll keep bringing out great content your team every day and what better way to turn unparalleled sucking into unparalleled success than april 23rd if you go to our link tree you can buy tickets in the locked on podcast section and it's going to be 319, 320. Back when I was still just a cook at Navarra in the market, or maybe for those who want a little more of a name, uh, name association, right out of culinary school, I was working at Blue Cactus, making nachos, maybe some salads. And then I would take all my disposable income 
and I would sit in section 319, row C, right in the aisle, had the half season packed. That was what I had to look forward to. And it happened to be the year that they had that great playoff series against Montreal. So I still carry that with me almost 10 years later. It'll be nostalgic for me to be back in that section on April 23rd when Pilsy and I are boots on the ground in Ottawa, Ontario. Pilsy, it'll be our first time at the CTC since the home opener, which will be spectacular. Yeah, Sunday will be the first game of the CTC since Mr. Melnick passed away. And, of course, it's going to be an emotional afternoon, 1 p.m. start. Note the start time uh, there. Um, so we do have that coming up on Sunday. Of course, we're still wishing condolences to the family. And it just sucks that so quickly, before the body's even buried, that all these rumors and everything is coming out about that. So we're staying away from the rumor mill, at least trying to. Of course, the Quebec City thing we had to refute a little bit. But – we did um, we did our, our eulogy for Eugene Melnick on uh, Tuesday's show. And then now it, it's time to preview a hockey game. Uh, the Senators still looking for their first win in the, uh, in the post-Melnick era. So you know that he's cheering, probably wearing a Sens jersey up in the heavens, looking down, hoping for a big effort, hoping for the Great Dane to have a fantastic performance. Do you think, as we get into the preview of the game, We've had we've seen different levels of success with our nicknames. And shout out to Saeed Kuda, who yep. came up with that one. I think the most caught-on nickname is the K-Train, even more than Timmy Superstar. What, yeah. what do you think? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I would say the one nickname that nobody, like, really debates or has, like, an alternate for is the Great Dane. Like, nobody has another one. Like, there's not, there's not a Gus the Bus or uh, something like that. So, the Great Dane is... An absolute solid one. And you think it's uh, going to catch on? Oh, yeah. I think it's already caught on. No, but like, I feel like for it to be officially like mainstream, it's got to happen on the broadcast. Of, it's got to happen on the That's broadcast. Fair. Which the K train has happened on the broadcast. Yeah. The K train has happened multiple times. Shout yeah. out Jake Brandt, Alex Heinert. Alex was on the show on Monday. If you want to hear more about Jake Sanderson, his return from injury, when it could be, and just what kind of legacy he left. At North Dakota. Truly unbelievable. Um, I need to see the helmet tonight, Pilsy. I need to see the bike helmet and shades after tonight's game. We got to pull up this photo, maybe for some good vibes here (laughs) for the going into the game. Like, Hammonick's probably got a size 12 bucket. Look at this guy. He can barely fit it over his temple. My goodness. But, hey, he's actually looked pretty solid in his short period of time with the Ottawa Senators. And he lines up alongside Michael Del Zotto. Tonight, let's go through the lines and there's a notable absence. But if you listen to yesterday's show, these are the exact same as practice lines, except we do know that the Great Dane starts in goal. Up front, Josh Norris between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Tim Stutzla between Alex Formanton and Connor Brown. Colin White between Mathieu Joseph and Ty Lorenis. And the fourth line is the cop, Dylan Gambrell. Apparently looks like a cop. Josh Norris gave us that gem on Wally Mathot yesterday. So the cop in between Adam Gaudet and Austin Watson on the back end, Brandstrom, Zub, Holden, Zaitsev, Delzato, Hamnick. And as we just said, the Great Dane gets his first National Hockey League start. Your opinions on the third line in particular, because people have been begging, give Joseph a little more talent to work with. And those prayers have been answered. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be great to see Joseph playing with Tyler Ennis. They've already shown they've got good chemistry. They've got speed. They've got skill. And hopefully Colin White can, uh, I don't think he can keep up with them, but he can at least make a first pass that gets those two going and be responsible defensively in his own end. So I think that third line is a great opportunity. And 
kind of a, kind of a tryout line for all three of these guys. Hey, eh, Ross, like Joseph, RFA, he's looking to boost his stats for uh, arbitration or his next contract. White, possible buyout situation here. He's got to prove it's better to keep him than to buy him out. And Tyler Ennis is basically playing for his career. Like he was signed on a PTO this year. So he's looking to boost his stats to try to get a nice contract, whether it's with the Sens or somewhere else either. So this third line, they got a lot to prove. Who's your locked on player in tonight's game, Pilsy? Let's both say mm. Mad Sogard. So give me someone yes. else other than than the great Dan. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I I think it was my guy last time, but I'm going to stick with it. Tim Stutzla. I mean, he's going up against his good buddy, Maurice yes. Sider, two German kids. Uh, he mentioned yesterday that he was going out for dinner with them, so they get to meet up. And this will be the first time they play each other in the NHL. And two very different style players uh, playing different positions, but... They know each other well uh, through developing in Germany and they work out together in Mannheim. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I want to see Timmy pull a nice deke and get right by Cider. Like have Cider go for the hit and Timmy just does a whoop, nope. And Easier gets said than him. done though. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's uh, not easy to do. And Marit Cider has no fear out there. He doesn't care what your name is or how much money you make or your respect level around the league. He's flattening you. So Timmy better be evasive tonight. Yes, it's truly remarkable what Maurice Sider has been able to do as as a rookie in the NHL. He might be my favorite player outside the Ottawa Senators. He he really might be. He's unbelievable to watch. He's built like a truck, but he skates and he's got hands like a silky smooth defenseman. And when you thought you couldn't have it any better as an organization than having Steve Eiserman be the GM, they bring on Nick Lidstrom, who's been working one-on-one with Maurice Sider. Like, talk about getting a crash course into being an elite NHL defenseman. Marit Sider is certainly that. But we'll get to the uh, Detroit Red Wings lines. Let's stick with the Ottawa Senators and my locked-on player. And Timmy is a great one, but how can I go anywhere but Josh Norris? I know we already mentioned him earlier on the show, but I love the stories of the homecomings. Stick taps to Austin Watson, too. Another Michigan guy, so it's a homecoming for him of sorts as well. But he's 30 years old. He's been around. He's gone to uh, Detroit, although... Maybe not Little Caesars as often, but and he also played in their division for a while when he was in Nashville. So yeah. a little less uh, special, for lack of a better term there, than Josh Norris, who will be making his first appearance in Motown. He said he grew up 45 minutes away from the arena. You know he's going to have a little extra pep in his step when he takes the ice tonight. And he gets to do it with both of his line mates, which is just awesome to see. His goals, they're just coming fast and furious for Josh Norris. So I'm, I'm not going to say a guarantee because I don't want to overuse the guarantees, especially after I guaranteed a fight against Nashville. didn't come through. So I'm not going to double down on my losses. But I have a sneaky suspicion that he might hit 30 goals by Monday. That would mean he needs four goals. Ooh. They're playing Detroit, man. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's fair. All right. So I'll take credit for it if it. it happens, but I'm not guaranteeing. Okay? Smart, smart. Fair. <laughs> Josh Norris's next point will be his 40th of the season. He's already well set a career high, 35 he had last year, 39. And guess what? Because of his injury, he's done it in six less games. So yeah. that trajectory just keeps skyrocketing. My locked on player tonight is Josh Norris. Love it. Love it. Yeah, the the hometown kid. He's got to get a boost. And, and you want to show off in front of your family and friends. So here we go, Josh Norris. Sounds like he's got 25 to 30 family and friends in attendance awesome. today. And they'll be taking on this Detroit Red Wings team. Pilsy, do you want to run through these lines? Let's do it. So you got Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, 
Lucas Raymond, that's your top line. Like that is that's that's very similar to the Brady Norris Batherson. Honestly, even like the style of play from left wing center to right wing is yep. is all kind of very reflective of one another. And then little little older though. Yeah, definitely a little older with Larkin and Bertuzzi. They got some more years under the belt in the NHL, that's for sure. And then things kind of trickle down after this yeah, top line. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jacob Vrana, incredible player. That Mantha deal that they pulled off uh, a couple deadlines ago was absolutely massive. He's playing with Joe Valeno and Sam Gagne. Then you got Adam Ernie with Pius Suter. Sunkfist, a guy who sends fans know well. He uh, kneed Matt Murray in the head as a member of the St. Louis Blues after a goal, resulting in another Murray injury. Then we got Hyros. I'm not sure if I'm getting that one right, but he's with Rasmussen. And you may be wondering, where is uh, the Detroit Red Wings? Big goal-scoring prospect, Philip Zadina. Rounding things out on the fourth line on this Detroit Red Wings team. So, ball from Grace for Sedina there. Then, on the back end, you got Osterley with Maurice Sider. This is a shutdown pair here. Mark Stahl with Philip Ronick. Then, Jake Wallman and Lindstrom. Not Lindstrom. Lindstrom. Although I bet if you if you gave Nick Lindstrom some skates and put him on on the ice, he would still be out there schooling. <laughs> and uh, we're not sure who's going to start, or are we sure? Is it Ndelkovic starting no, tonight? Uns- unsure, unconfirmed. Unsure. Okay, okay. So that's how your Detroit Red Wings lineup. Sixty-two points. Dylan Larkin leads the team in scoring in sixty-two games. He's at a point per game, and this is a team that I would say exceeded expectations at the start of the year, but it's been a free fall. Over the past month or so, only two wins in their last 10 games, although they've been keeping some games close with three extra time losses over their last 10 games. But man, oh man, Pilsy mentioned it. They have given up 10 or more goals three separate times, including allowing 11 the other day. It's the first team to allow 11 goals in a game since 2003. <laughs> so a historically bad Detroit Red Wings team. And if we look at how they're doing this season, I mentioned that they've tailed off here over the last stretch. Well, they've had a couple big losing streaks in there as well. If we go back to December 6th, so this is after they just concluded a five-game win streak, a six-game point streak. Since then, they're 13-23-6. and six. And in that, which would be 36, carry that, in their last 42 games, Pilsy, They've allowed 180 goals. That's a lot of goals. That is a lot. The Sens need to have four. Speaking of lots of goals, my lookout player is a guy who claimed he was going to put many pucks (laughs) in the nets of Ottawa Senators and Montreal Canadiens, two teams that passed on him in the 2018 draft. It's Philip Zadina, a guy who Detroit fans wanted nothing to do with that trade proposal earlier this season, where we said Eric Branson for Philip Zadina, one for one. What's it going to be? Kind of a positional need swap from that standpoint. But I don't know. I don't know what fell off for Philip Zadina. It sounded like it was just the counting stats weren't there, but everything else was. He's only played one game against Ottawa. No points. So the net has not been filled with pucks yet. In this season, he has eight goals in 64 games. He's a minus 28. In 150 NHL games, he's minus 50. But much like a lot of the Sens young players, take it with a grain of salt. Not a whole lot of Timmy's probably up there too. (laughs) Yeah. So in eight games against Montreal and Ottawa, the two teams, he said he'd fill their, their nets with goals. He has one goal and it came against Montreal. So I'm going to be looking out for him. 
I'm going to be looking at the net. I'm going to see if it's filled with pucks, but I have my doubts there as he's playing on the fourth line for the Detroit Red Wings. Who do you have as your lookout player, Pills? Well, a, a reason I kind of like following the Detroit Red Wings is they're basically the big brother of the Guelph Storm. They have so many Guelph Storm players, and if you guys have been listening, you know I'm a, I'm a Guelph guy. I worked with the Guelph Storm with Rogers TV. So a lot of these guys, like Tyler Bertuzzi, he was there when I, when I was filming uh, Corner Cam, volunteering with Rogers TV. <laughs> Giovanni nice. Smith, who I don't think is going to be there, Guelph Storm legend, legend. I love that guy. But my lookout player is going to be another Guelph Storm player in Robbie Fabry. Now, this is a kid that when he started in the NHL, he lit it up with the St. Louis Blues. And then I don't think that, like he's had some of the worst injury luck ever. I think he, if I remember correctly, he sprained like both his ACLs like back to back on like each leg. Like he was just absolutely horrific injuries for the kid. Like maybe like they were like, we don't know if you're going to play again. Like it was brutal. And Detroit said, Hey, you know what? We're going to give you a chance. And that was a situation where the St. Louis blues were like, we like you, but you're not going to fit into our system. So we're going to find a place for you to play. And that was Detroit. And, He's been rewarded with a new contract, I think three years, uh, $4 million average. So he's got a nice new contract. And in his last four games, he didn't score up against, uh, um, excuse me. Oh, wait, is Robbie Fabry even playing? What am I doing here? No, I think he just got injured, actually. Oh, he got injured again? I know, it's tough, man. Hey, well, that's uh, dash one on me. I literally read the lines and Robbie Fabry was not on the lines and he's my lookout player. So I got to pivot here. That's a big dash on me uh, sleeping over here. Just excited about the Guelph Storm. So I'll pivot to Tyler Bertuzzi as my lookout player because I'm not going to get to see Robbie Fabry here. Um, Guelph Storm guy and we're not going to get to see him when the Detroit Red Wings come to Ottawa. So while they're in Detroit, while they're in the States, I'm going to be looking out for Tyler Bertuzzi because say what you want about him as a person, but on the ice, he is absolutely nasty. And uh, he's the kind of guy that can score goals and get under your skin. Like I would say like kind of like a Matthew Kachuk light, like a, a poor man's Matthew Kachuk. That's the style of play he, he plays. And he's been lighting up with the Red Wings here. I still can't believe I did look out player for a guy that's not playing when I read the lines. That's awesome. You'll you'll bounce back, Pillsy. We'll we'll let you bounce back with a little Stutzla versus Raymond because we're gonna put that in the title. It's a nice catchy matchup tonight. Now we know Raymond had that unbelievable start. What did he have? He had a hat trick in his sixth NHL game. He had two, three multi-point games in the first month of his NHL career. We are not Lucas Raymond haters on this show the way we were with Kotkaniemi and that was more to do with Habs fans than the player itself but when it comes even the player itself kind of when it comes to Lucas Raymond and let's let's go with the last 20 games very arbitrary number well for Lucas Raymond that's the all-star break Timmy's obviously played a few extra games so I just did Timmy's last 20 games Lucas Raymond has nine goals and 15 points in his last 20 games pretty good pretty good Timmy's got five goals, so four less, but he has 16 points, one more in his last 20 games. Timmy is a minus 10. Lucas Raymond is minus 15. So people who are quick to point out that Lucas Raymond, of course, rookie year versus sophomore. I understand that. More experience, more time to get into an NHL group. But for the people who say it's no contest that Lucas Raymond's a better player, maybe take a step back, hey? Because if you're looking at recent play, And maybe not even recent. That's 20 games. That's a decent sample size. I think that it's safe to say the jury is still out and will be still out for the next, what, five, six, seven years. 
before we really can decide who the better player is out of that three, four, and then, hey, who knows? Maybe number five, Jake Sanderson, <laughs> can jump into that mix when he gets his NHL experience under his belt as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. And I think I think even Red Wings fans, like obviously they prefer Raymond. They're getting uh, front row seats to watch him. But when you watch Tim Stutzel, like he has a lot of qualities that give him some time to develop and figure out the NHL. And he's going to pop off for sure here. So, yeah, I think the next three to five years watching these two and comparing them is going to be very intriguing. All in the division, too. Yes. Which makes it very, very cool. Um, when you look at just that top 10, there's there's so much in the division. Think like Jack Quinn's killing it in the yep. AHL as well. And, and you've got guys that are, you know, stepping up in different situations. So I think that this is a, a fantastic first glimpse of a matchup that will be an individual one in a team sport that we're going to be watching for years to come. And then you've got the all-German matchup with Cider and Stutzla, both Mannheim Eagles, but they missed each other by one year. So yeah. what, during the COVID pause, Cider went back and trained with them. So they know each other very well off the ice, but never actually played with each other except for internationally at the World Juniors when when they did that. So it'll be really cool to watch that matchup, I think, tonight. And I'm sure that Timmy's going to have a little chip on his shoulder here tonight as well because you know that he, he knows that the entire country of Germany, all the hockey fans are going to be locked into this one. Oh, yeah, they're staying up late to, to watch this one. And for keys to success, Ross, and a reason why I think your Josh Norris prediction isn't that crazy, the Detroit Red Wings are the worst team in the entire league on the PK. Where does Josh Norris thrive? Wow. On the play. So there's a good chance that he could pop four goals. And I would say even like all of those could be on the power play if the Detroit Red Wings start playing an undisciplined game, the Sens get the man advantage. So key to victory is when you get a power play, make sure you're making them pay. Like 72.1% penalty killing success for the Red Wings. No wonder they're giving up uh, double-digit goals left, right, and center. So you got to capitalize on that. Let's see uh, Let's see Norris get a hattie all on the power play in front of his family and friends. That's what I want to see tonight. Whoa. Let's go. All right. Not well, guaranteeing. Not guaranteeing. Well, we'll discuss <laughs> whether or not it does happen in tonight's postcast that you can find on our YouTube page. We would really appreciate if you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The road to 2000 continues. It does go a long way for us, but enjoy Locked on Senders wherever you download your podcast as well. And you can follow the show to stay up to date on social media at Send Central is where you can find the show there. For today, we say goodbye, though. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. Maybe not for today, though, because we'll see you in the friggin' postcast. How about that? But have a great rest of your Friday. Enjoy the game, and we'll chat after. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senator Podcast, your team every day.